another episode of the Backlog Breakdown, and today's episode is brought to you by the letter Y. But why though? Uh, okay, no, that that wasn't good. It, here's 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 a better one. Here's a better. Actually, I didn't want to use this one, but since that didn't go over too well, tell me why. Okay, no, no, no go with the first. <laughs> that was one. bad. That was really bad. <laughs> That's uh, go yeah. with the first one. Uh, um, yeah. So we're talking about why. Just why? Um, why? Why just are we the doing letter this? Y? Why? Uh, <laughs> actually, I I actually kind of don't hate the tell me why, but I was not going to harmonize <laughs> with you, which is really what I feel like well, that requires. Don't worry, because I was not going to continue either, because okay. I did not have a boy tell band phase. Why? My wife did, and so she will listen to that stuff, and I'm like, no, my brain my, is melting out of my ears. I can't stand this. My favorite Brooklyn Nine Nine bit. Was mm-hmm. when he gets the lineup, the guys in the lineup to sing that. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's right. That's it's, right. It's, uh, Wonderful. Pretty well, great. Bef- before we ask why, we want to tell you hi. Um, I forgot to introduce us. We are your uh, hosts, your co hosts here at the Backlog Breakdown. We are the My co hosts with the most. With the most. The hosts with the most. Co hosts with the, the co mosts. That doesn't oh, sound right. Ooh, that sounds a little <laughs> suspect. Um, little, little sketchy. I don't know what a comost is. Um, is it like a comb over? It's That's almost what it sounds a, like. It's almost a comb over? That's what know. it sounds like. No, I just shaved it all off. Anyways, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm Josh and this is Nate. And Hey-o. we are here to talk about uh, backlogs. We're here to break down benefits. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been a while since we we've kind of done a like get to know us or get to know what we're about kind of thing and and we thought like by the time you guys hear this if you're listening to this in sequence we'll have already done an episode with mark erickson from 11 and a half minutes to talk about video games uh and where we we sort of talk about talking about video games and i think and just like why we think having conversations about the medium is important but then Mm -hmm. We were sort of bouncing some stuff back and forth, and, and we've settled on this one for a while. But it was like, why not just talk about why we think that talking about backlogs is mm-hmm. an important part of the conversation? Like, why do we do the breakdown? And it's not just because we like talking to each other and we like sort of recording and we like just like hearing the sound of our own voices. Of course, mm-hmm. all of those things may or may not be true. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also, we, we think there's some beneficial things. Like, why do we do stuff like the the Backlog Beatdown, which is the metagame that we run all year long? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do we have, like, why are we sort of, like, bent on growing this community, sort of exploring the the intersections of faith and stewardship and video games and, in, and, and sort of learning to be mature, and, and 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 as I'm saying this, it's like you know, well, all of these things would be just good. Like, but being a mature uh, Christian and sort of engaging the medium well and sort of living life well, um, mm-hmm. because I, I think there is a, a bit of a relationship there that needs to be explored. And we've been doing that for what is it, almost five years now? Yeah, yeah, I think four and a half, something like that. Yeah. So like we're you know, we've been doing sort of having these conversations, and we just thought it might be like an interesting sort of like, like, Hey, let's, let's actually have a conversation about that for a minute. Um, yeah. or, well, as we tend to do probably more than a minute, but 
it remains to be seen. But yeah, it's 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 probably going to be. A, a I'm not going to say the thing that we always say because then we always go over. The, um, yes, exactly, exactly. I don't believe in hexes or jinxes or any of that stuff. But, but I'm uh, still not going to say it. <laughs> but I may not be superstitious, but I'm a little a little stitious. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So before we we jump into that that larger topic, we do have some forms that need to be observed. The forms must be observed. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with, uh, you know, Josh. It's, it's been, been two weeks since mm-hmm. I talked to you. Yeah, um, that's right. It has. You hate has. that so much, <laughs> and I I relish the discomfort. I mean, um, yeah, I, I quoted a terrible, or I mean, one of the poets of our age, you know, when I opened the, uh, the podcast and now you've quoted another, another, um, you know, bastion. Mine's more of, of a spiff language uh, or arts. a spiff. Spoof. Mine's more of a spoof. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Nate talk pretty, which is something mm. that I say, I say that a lot sometimes. Not, <laughs> uh, anyways, but yeah, Josh, it has been, it's been a fortnight since it's it's actually been a That's fortnight true. since we last talked. Um, mm-hmm. How's it going, dude? How you been, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing good, dude. Um, so as as of this recording, uh, uh, Thanksgiving was last week, and mm-hmm. so it has been a very nice few days of uh, not going into work and just hanging out at the house and hanging with family and eating yummy food, way too much food. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. the cliche, but it's altogether true. Um, you know, I've talked, uh, at, oh, I was going to say at length, maybe not, but I've mentioned it a lot over the past year that I've been working pretty hard to lose some weight and, um, all, all the, the, the bets were off this, this past weekend. Um, I ate all the foods and I enjoyed them. And the only thing th- th- that said, um, I, my healthy habits have still remained. So I've still mm-hmm. been at least getting on the elliptical, if not doing some other stuff as well, some some weight training or some um, the oh uh, ring fit ring fit. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I've I've still been I've maintained that even, but maybe that that kind of allows me to eat a little bit more. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. do that in the morning, you feel good about yourself, and then you go about and gorge yourself. Anyways, it's been a nice restful few days, even if it's not you know like totally. Um, you know, sleep rest, but rest as in just like not feeling stressed rest. That's some good rest. So, um, and, and, you know, it sounds like over the past couple of weeks, you've been well rested as well, you know, with everything going on. So so how have you been? Uh, sleep is sort of a (laughs) non-existent thing in, in our home right now. Um, so the, the baby, uh, he's been with us almost, well, three weeks we're going on week three. I think, um, or we are in our third week. Like at this point in time, time is just like an anomaly. (laughs) Like, like, it's just like, it is an enigma. Like it is something that I have no, no grasp on whatsoever. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like hours pass by and just like, and I just, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sort of in this fog. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's, so he's a little colicky and he's, he's mm-hmm. really pretty great. But like when he, yeah. for them, like, I would say like 75% of the time, like super chill, whatever. But it's also like, you're also like trying to keep this very tiny human alive, which is mm-hmm. not. Yep. With no instruction manual. With no instruction manual. And sometimes <laughs> like you just want to scream at him and be like, why, why, <laughs> why? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah. Or you just want to cry or whatever. 
Um, and so it's been fun. I am feeling my age so much right now though. Like it's like, and I, and I sort of told you this, like when I was in my twenties and thirties, like four or five hours of sleep several times a week was like kind of like par for the course. Like you just, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you just slam a bunch of energy drinks. Um, and you just sort of like pound through the day and there's just like, my body is just like, no dude, like, um, (laughs) not happening. It's like you, sir, are not, you have not been in your thirties for going on two years at this point, pal. (laughs) Um, you should probably stop doing things like that. Um, which does not prevent me from doing things like that. A lot of it is like, I'm (laughs) kind of like dumb and like there are opportunities to sleep and I'm like, Oh, but I'm going to play video games instead because I'm (laughs) stupid. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's good. It's been good. Uh, there is a, a bit of a, we, we, we did have to have like a harder conversation. Um, so Nala, uh, our, our black and white mm. husky, uh, she's mm-hmm. had this tumor that's been growing on her, um, thyroid, oh, uh, wow. and it's created, she's got hyperthyroidism, which is incredibly uncommon in dogs. And we've been yeah. treating that with medication for, you know, it feels like probably about the last year she's, she's going, she's 11 right now, I think. Um, okay. but she's, so she's, she's older. Um, but yeah. in the last couple of weeks, she is really, we've noticed like a really steep decline. Like she was kind of mm. getting like, we could tell, like, it was just like, it was starting to sort of like beat her up and she's mm-hmm. hit a, hitting a point where it's, it's getting harder for her to eat and drink. And that was yeah. sort of like, we had talked about it earlier, um, when this first came up, cause the, the doctor, the, the vet did say at some point in time, it's going to really make it hard for her to eat. Um, yeah. And so we called the vet this morning to schedule an appointment for next Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, oh, wow. Cause I don't know that she's got like, I mean, dude, it's like the last couple of weeks, she's just been like fading fast. It's like, yeah. we've got her on a yeah. soft food and liquid diet. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it, it's like, it's, it's kind of sad. It's, it's not kind of sad. It's, it is sad. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and especially sort of like, you know, it's funny because we have Reba now. And it's mm-hmm. just funny sometimes like we talk about it and it's like, man, she is so different than Bounder was. Like Bounder, Bounder would be like right now, we, we've even had the conversation since having the boy in the home, um, in, in our home where like Bounder would have been a train wreck. He would have been a nightmare. Like yeah. <laughs> I said, like he would probably like eat someone's face off in their sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he'd be so, such a, a mess. And Reba's just like, she got spayed last week and she's kind of already okay. like, She's annoying because like she does like she is like the like jumps up on the like the 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 table or whatever and's like oh here's the thing that uh, you don't want on the ground and I'm gonna put it on the ground um, <laughs> where like you know and Bowser did that occasionally but she like does it mm-hmm. all the time she's like mm-hmm. I'm gonna knock your pen on the ground I'm gonna knock the baby's pacifier on the ground I'm gonna like hey your glasses ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I threw it on the ground. Yeah, so that's been. Um, but it's just it's kind of tough because like Nala's pretty much been. I got her from Megan fairly early on when we were dating, um, and we just had her for so so long, and it's just yeah. like that's that's our buddy, and like I've 
almost like bald just thinking about like i mean no mm-hmm. here's the thing don't don't feel too bad for because like right now she's like eating like french fries and chicken nuggets and plain <laughs> cheese like i'm chopping these things up in the little pieces so that she can yeah. like like eat them easier and mm-hmm. like she's getting ice cream like she's like uh-huh. she's going out with a bang so yeah um, yeah there you go um but uh it, it does. It makes me sad. It makes me sad yeah. that like it makes me sad that to to see that she's suffering. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 so it's tough. It's it's just like. Uh, so next week will probably be like a heavy week. Yeah, and I mean this week, even this week is like heavy. Like I said, I've almost bawled a couple times just even thinking about it. Like, yeah. and and this is when, and I'm not trying to be like too morbid here. But like we're going to be in the room, Megan and I have already talked about, it, and we're not leaving mm-hmm. until until it's done, like mm-hmm. it's done. Uh, and and this is what I I will say, and I'm not trying to be like too hard here, but if you have a pet and you drop them off at the vets to have them put down, and you don't hang out, I kind of judge you for that. The and and again, it's they're just an animal, and I get it. If if I known that things were going to go like that sideways with Bounder, I would have just stayed mm-hmm. home or whatever, you know. But yeah, I feel like you you take these animals in and you have a responsibility to them. Not the same level of responsibility that you would have to like another human being, but like you, you're bringing that animal into your home. It, it was sort of the tacit agreement that you're going to take care of them and you're going to provide for them. And there's going to be like sort of the the pet master relationship kind of thing, but. Or, you know, in the case of a cat, like, you know, the, the cat and subject sort of relationship. Um, and that's why I don't have cats. Um, but uh, <laughs> the bounder got me, like, he turned me into, like, I, I liked cats before. I was like, oh, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But like with him, I was just like, no, this like, I, I love this dude. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. miss, I miss him so much sometimes. Um, yeah. like I said, he would be a train wreck right now. Uh, he probably <laughs> would have killed me in my sleep. Like you brought this thing home. How dare you? Um, I did not say you could do that. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but I, I would just say like, and I, and I feel like in those last moments, like, and I like, obviously animals probably aren't like self-aware or whatever, you know, that's that as far as we can tell, that's a uniquely human sort of trait. Right. But yeah. like you, you're their people. So be there, be there in the end. Like they gave you their lives for however long you had, like, you know, they gave you, you know, sometimes poop in your living room and, <laughs> you know, or whatever, but it's, I'm just saying like, I, I think it's like, it's, it's important for us to be there. And I, and I would just encourage anybody like, Hey, if you have to put an animal down, if you can, and I recognize mm-hmm. that sometimes you can't, but if mm-hmm. you can be there, be there in their last moments. Cause like, I think she's going, we're taking her to the vet. She's going to be a wreck. She's going to be nervous anyways. And I'm just, yeah. I want her to like, I want her to, I want her, her last moments to be with me and Meg, like the mm-hmm. people like, and it's like, Hey, we, you know, and in whatever dog way she like, she'll know that we loved her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that I've, you know, apparently someone's like, like 
chopping onions or something like or got some dirt <laughs> in my eyes i don't know uh, um, uh, no, 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 yeah. no, sufficiently killed the mood <laughs> let's just sort of like cold transition right into the next bit um that's right that's right the next form to be observed i it actually comes in the in the form of a form yeah got my papers here for uh my backlog as report. as usual sir the finest of fully work well um, oh, thank finest. you um, thank but yeah you. this is yeah, the, the part of the show here, um, the, our backlog reports are where we report on uh, the things that we've been into, the, the backlogs that we've been beating down throughout the past two weeks. Um, and, and be that any kind of media. Yes, we're going to be talking about video games, but of course there's, there's other things that we're into. And so anything we want to mention um, that we have written down in our official reports. We have, we like, we have like stationary and everything yeah. for it. Yeah, definitely. I'm totally not making that up at all. I don't just grab papers on my table to do no, that. No, we we don't my just like schoolwork. crinkle stuff up in the microphone. And yeah, just, no, I've got a whole stack of reports here. Where do sure. I file these reports? I'm filing it right now. I'm going to because file let's that, get into this. Did you know? Hey, Peter, did we talk to you about the TPS reports? TPS reports. Did yes. we talk to you about your backlog report? Did you get the memo? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, uh, on on mine here, um, I'm actually going to start rather than starting with video games. Well, let's let's do the video games last. So, uh, s- the shortest report first here is what I'm going to go for is just some stuff that uh, I've been watching. So, uh, the wife and I finished up Only Murders in the Building season two. Mm-hmm. It was all right. It was, it all was right. not as good as the first one. Yeah, uh, but it was it yeah. was it was fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't think the writing was very strong, um, but my goodness, Steve Martin and Martin Short are just a joy to watch. They're they're, work. they're gems. Like yes, yeah. Like I, they are worth the price of admission. Exactly. Like, exactly. So uh, we finished up that, and then uh, also I finished up another season of Ultraman. I watched Ultraman Zet or Zed or Z or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. but in the Japanese, it's Zet. Um, now, is, and, it, is it as good as Geed? It is. It is up there with Geed. It is, I mean, I was very. Oh, right. impre- I was kind of Jeed. angry at myself. Geed. Um, I was kind of angry at myself that I had watched so many other seasons before this one, because my goodness, uh, that that it is. It is a very good season. That, now, that's um, the one that recently they were doing, like the the YouTube simulcast or or it was like maybe a a little bit of a delay, right? But it was on YouTube. Yes. Yes. They did. They did air the entire thing on YouTube, but that was two years ago when it came out. Is Uh, it, is it on Blu-ray? No, no, it is available on the Ultraman connection website. So if you go to Ultraman connection and you create a login, it's free. They have exclusive videos there, and and so they have the last few seasons of Ultraman, like the newest ones, there available to watch, and that's actually how I watched it. Um, yeah, because it's not up on YouTube anymore. They might air some of it again, but I need those to be on is, Blu-ray. Come on now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is one. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna pick it up as soon as it drops because yeah, it, it was it was really good. It was really good. I still have a soft spot for Jeed, so I I don't know that I can say that it's better. Than Jeed, but man, it's good. 
But those are the things that I have been watching in terms of reading. Um, there's been a bunch of stuff here. Actually, this first one is due to largely to your influence, at least in a roundabout way. Um, I listened to a book called Breath by James Nestor uh, mm. that talks about breathing through your nose. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so that was that was a fun, interesting uh, little book. And you know, I don't know how. I was going to say scientifically accurate. That's not true. Uh, the, I do think there was some rigor that was put into the book. Part of it might even just be kind of a placebo effect. I don't know. Dude, but it's breathing some, through your nose has been clinically demonstrated that it is better for you than mouth breathing. Yes. The filtration through the nose, the fact that it mm -hmm. does get warmed coming mm -hmm. through your sinuses. Yep. Um, yeah. I am, I'm a mouth breather though. Like I, I need okay. to. I struggle with it. like, I because I I constantly have some sort of like inflammation or yeah clogging, yeah yeah, but, yeah. that can that can cause a problem. But it it is good. It's just um you know you, you, I could see people you know reading the book and then going a little crazy with it is all that it is. But it's it's yeah go check it out because it's fun. I enjoyed it. It challenged me. Um, so it seven was hours and eighteen minutes on Audible. Mm hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and then I listened to, actually, speaking of Audible, I listened to Personality Tests and What They Can Tell Us by Jamie Kurtz, which is not really a book. It's really just a presentation. Um, but it, it goes through some of the most popular personality tests and talks about how scientifically accurate they are. And most of them are not very scientific. They are dubious at best, put it that way. Dude, um, I heard so someone unironically reference the Enneagram today. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's it's, the first time I've ever, ever, like, unironically heard that. Okay. And okay. Kind of like low-key lost my mind a little bit. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. I have so many thoughts, but I don't necessarily want to get into it because that could be a rabbit hole that we could jump down because I – I enjoy personality tests just for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they can be useful as well. Uh, but I think when you go hardcore with them is when you can get into a lot of trouble. That's that's kind of broad brushing it. Okay? All of them are useful for sort of like 10,000 foot view or like mm -hmm. yeah. off the cuff diagnostic. Yes. But much more than that and you're just kind of like eh, no right right yeah and and that's one of the things this presentation kind of brings out with some of the more popular ones um is kind of where they've come from and how like how they were developed you know what their what their scientific kind of um foundation is in in what their goals were and a lot of them are again dubious not that there was no rigor put into them just you know very little anyways very little yeah yeah their goals their goals were questionable so uh that that was a fun little listen to as well and then in terms of like reading with well is it really reading though i mean i'm reading words but i'm also looking at comic panels because there's more junji ito that i have not yet finished uh got a nice big stack of books from the library and I'm just loving it. You look like you have something I, to say. I wanted to be like Junji Ito. He's so hot right now. Um, <laughs> it's true. I've been I've been going through a bunch of his stuff. Um, the one that I will highlight here is uh, a book called Love Sickness, 
where maybe like two thirds, maybe not quite two thirds, maybe one half of the book or of the collection is this kind of continuous story, or at least a number of short stories about the same characters. Uh, And then it's got a few other um, ones thrown in there that, that don't have anything to do with it. And then it wraps it up with like a joke comic about when Junji Ito was a kid and he bought a plastic poop. Um, and that one was really funny to end the entire book on, um, made me laugh anyways, Hmm. because you know, you're thinking this horror writer and he just throws in this joke at the very end, which is funny. Um, but one thing that kind of stood out to me with love sickness is the way that Ito uses the theme of regret in a lot of his stories or kind of shame or the way that your sin catches up to you, you know, from a Christian perspective, like you recognize that like shame and guilt kind of point towards something. And that's the fact that you are sinful. Like you have done wrong and your conscience weighs on you. And Ito uses that in his story, like not the Christian theme, but just that theme of how your conscience weighs on you. And how that can, I mean, often because he's a horror writer uh, that that really, you know, plays out in some horrible ways. Um, but it just stuck out to me that yeah. even, um, you know, someone who doesn't profess Christ can see like the powerful effects that it, that it has. So that's what I've been reading. Um, and then we've got video games to report on. I've got some because... This weekend was uh, Black Friday, and so there's been a bunch of sales. Today is technically Cyber Monday, uh, but I haven't picked up anything today. So I did purchase a few games. I purchased Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Festival on Switch. I purchased Scarlet Nexus on Xbox One, and I purchased Monster Hunter Rise on Switch as well. So that was that was three Ooh, points. Look at you. Yeah. Parker, 20 bucks. Parker just pulled the trigger on Rise too. I got the text from in like we have like a him, me, and Deuce have a mm-hmm. they talk pretty someday. We have a text thread. And Parker was like, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, 20 bucks. And I'm like, not right now. No. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. uh, I like honestly looking at the Black Friday sales, I'm kinda like, uh like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of really great stuff in there, but it's mm-hmm. also, I've kind of already gone a little bit hog uh, yeah. wild. And until I sort of really trim some, like, I, you know, there's still plenty of stuff. Like, there's not like five weeks left in the year. So mm-hmm. um, I've got some stuff like that I want to sort of like churn through. But there's also a thing that I will probably be. Uh, picking up depending on christmas tips so uh, (laughs) you have ideas i I like it i have ideas Mm -hmm. i just want to i just i do want because like there's so many like there's so many things too where i'm sort of like on the edge where it's just like Mm -hmm. right i was there with rise for like almost a week before i was finally like okay i'll do it (laughs) well i'm just talking about like games that i've like been sitting on as far as like I've I've got like most of the way through and it's like I need to just sit down oh, gotcha. like Link's Awakening. Yeah. I've been like I got stalled out on that game and it's like I haven't gone back to it. I'm like I need to just like pull the trigger mm-hmm. and just finish it. But then it's like of course like this is the year that I decided to fall into Destiny 2 like a 
dummy. Um, <laughs> and Marvel Snap. And <laughs> oh, Snap. But, oh. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. You know, we don't have to get into that. Uh, but those are the games that I picked up. I did actually finish a couple games in the past two weeks. So Valkyria Chronicles, I've been playing it for a while, and I finally uh, finished that one out. And I really enjoyed that game. I talked about it on the last episode that once I found out you can save in the middle of battles, it really helps. Uh, go figure. Um, so, so definitely, if you're going to play that game, then and I think it's on sale for like eight bucks on Switch if you want it. Uh, but uh, I would recommend it. Now, I, I just I, I really enjoyed the gameplay, the kind of tactical third person shooter um, strategy RPG like hybrid is a lot of fun. Um, and it puts you in some cool situations. The story overall, while I don't think it's anything like spectacular, it's, it's a war story. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and, and so you've, you've seen a lot of those before, kind of like how to stay human in the midst of war. And you see these different rival countries and factions and why they're fighting for these reasons. Nothing about the plot stood out to me as super original or new, but it was done very well. And there was even a moment in the game where I was, where like it hit me, where I felt something. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. Because of, of a character interaction that happened where I, I, I was very, um, yeah, just emotionally invested in these characters and some of the stuff that they did. So again, I don't think I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, set your expectations too high that this is amazing or a must play but i would definitely recommend the game i i really enjoyed it and i think it's just quality for what it is even if it's not something you know super mm -hmm. crazy original so i really enjoyed that and then i played a game that i had been meaning to play for years ease 2 so um if you've ever played any of the ease games there's like nine of them at this point monstrum Knox just came out within the past year i want to say um, but these are old, like I want to say original Sega Master System games. I could be wrong on that, but I know it's it's old school systems that I didn't have that they've been remade multiple times. Okay. Ease book one and two, the very first two games, and this is spelled Y-S, Ease. Um, they came out a long time ago. I had bought this collection of both of the games that's been remade a number of times. And I played the first one like four years ago, and I never got around to the second one, but I'd always been meaning to do it. It's been on my backlog. And so while I was looking at games that I was like, I, I, you know, just games that I've been meaning to get around to, this one stuck out to me. I had it on my tablet, so it was nice and easy and convenient, especially while I'm on the elliptical. And I played through that. It was, you know, eight, nine hours, something like that, not very long. And I had a heck of a time with it. Again, plot's nothing amazing, but the action is is a lot of fun, and so I really enjoyed that little game. So, finished up two games, and now I started just this morning another game I'd been meaning to get around to for a long time, Azure Striker Gunvolt 2. And mm. I'm enjoying the first, you know, 45 minutes that I've put into it, um, but I'm stoked to... to I'm, I'm going to finish that one out before the year's end, so... Um, that those two two negative points to my score and then three positive points to my score um i totaled it up again and that puts me at negative 15 for the year so far dude so that's killing it. it killing it man hmm well thank you that makes me feel bad i, I think i'm still at, <laughs> I, i'm at negative five or whatever i was 
okay. last time. I yeah. Th- you know, normally, I come a little bit more prepared, but uh, sleep deprivation and yes, you know that happens. Screaming baby, uh, kind of mm-hmm. like dulls the senses, and so. <laughs> I'll just get into it. Uh, as far as uh, yeah, I, I like that order. Uh, we'll we'll go with uh, books or shows first. I don't know. Shows. Brain work someday, maybe. Um, pulling a <laughs> Captain Kirk here someday. Mm-hmm. Brain might work, um, <laughs> Mister Spock. I like it, uh, Josh Broccolo. Someday. Uh, anyways. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. Like I, <laughs> f- wow. Like uh, some of the years from now, if anybody's listening to this, they're going to be like, "Oh, this is the, the this is the episode right before Nate had a psychotic episode, like his psychotic snap." <laughs> um, wow. Um, but as far as like watching, dude, uh, started. So you got a baby. Uh, and he needs mm-hmm. to be fed and he's like, a, you know, he's, he's a little colicky. He's a little like constipated. Mm-hmm. And so he's a little cranky and doesn't want to be put down. So a lot of times you're just holding him. And, uh, when I'm home from work, a lot of times I, I try to give Megan a bit of a break cause she's home with him yeah. all day and everything yeah. else. And so I hold him and we're, we're watching TV and we watch like, well, uh, we started, it's like, I need something that. It, it, there's going to be a lot of it for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I started like the biggest anime ever. Um, mm-hmm. I started watching One Piece, and uh, 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 and uh, One Piece is that like a, a swimsuit uh, manga or anime? Like what is? It's about pirates and weird. One Piece. It's not uh, a two piece. What, yeah, dude, it's, it's, I don't even ask me to explain it because I'm not sure what's going on. It's about the power of friendship and oh, oh, confidence. Yeah. Okay. And that, it's that anime. Okay. The one about the power of friendship. Gotcha. And, and pirate clowns and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pirate cooks devil's and fruit. devil fruits. And I, it's fun. It's kind of insane and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. enjoying it, but it's like, it's just like, we sit down, uh, I, you know, and I, I turn it on and I sort of watch that while I, you know, while he's, and I'm watching the, the, the one thing is like, I am watching it, um, uh, subs, not dubs, uh, just because, okay. Yep. I don't know. Like Wesley, Wesley scared me away from the dubs. Cause normally I just uh-huh. watch, I watch uh-huh. everything in dub most of the time. Um, gotcha. Just because if I don't pay a hundred percent attention, I like to know what's going on. But honestly, right. I'm like, this is like a weird anime about like goofy pirates, like weird mm-hmm. pirates. Like right now, the part where I'm in is like there are these dude called fishmen who I was like, oh, it's just gonna be like weird mer- mermaid people. And it's not. It's like mutant fish dudes, um, <laughs> and they're like super strong. Um, anyways, nice, th- nice. Th- th- it it's just it's bizarre, and I. And I'm like, okay, like I'm there for the spectacle. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and like I said, it's like, there's like a billion episodes, so I can just, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but that's all I've been watching. I mean, Megan, cool. Megan and I, the other night we were down here and she did fire up a, a new girl, which this I think makes okay. like her third mm-hmm. or fourth go around. Like that's like some people watch The Office. Megan and I watch New Girl. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of like, anyways, uh, 
As far as reading, dude, like legitimately, fun little story. Like, uh, you know, I've got I've got that the how should we then play sort of side project thing going on, and I pull like I have like five or six books on hand that I've been meaning to like sort of go through officially, sort of like, and part of the whole how should we then play thing is going to be interacting with different texts and sort of different essays and maybe occasionally having like, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. And it's like, it's part of this process to maybe form like a Sunday school curriculum or something. But uh, Mm -hmm. anyways, there's a book by a guy named Joseph Piper or Joseph Peeper. I'm not really sure how to say his last name. Mm -hmm. I've heard, I've actually heard the name both ways and I just, Uh, so it, it it throws me Piper. Peeper's Piper. Joe boy. Um, old, old, old Jopey. Um, Jopes. Um, no, this is, I hate where this is going, but it's, it's a book called Leisure. Um, I think like the subtitle is like the basis for civilization or something like that. Mm. Um, but it, it's kind of like a, a, a philosophical, theological text kind of, uh, and it's it's where I'm going to start. Anyways, so I pulled yeah. all these books, like you know, I've got that and and a few others in there. Um, uh, Leland Riken's book on the Puritans, and uh, okay, a, a few others in there. And um, I've got this stack, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start. Like, I've got three weeks before the the boy shows up, and uh, he decided to come early. Like the day I pulled all those books, right? I pulled those books and I was like, I put them in a little pile and I was like, I'm going to start these tomorrow and I'm going to start like maybe chewing through. And I wasn't expecting to get through like all of it or whatever, but I, yeah. like the next morning I woke up and there was a text saying that like, you know, bio mom's water had broke and that he was on his way. And I was like, well, there, there goes that. Um, so I have there not, goes all my leisure time. There goes all my leisure time. Um, and like, <laughs> In sort of the the meaningful leisure, um, but uh, but yeah, so I haven't really been reading anything. I I did order um, volume one of the Fables Compendium, uh, okay, which is okay. like I'm and I I want to go through that. And there's like I have yeah. all sorts of stuff that I want to read for for pleasure mm-hmm. and for yep. you know uh, you know self improvement and education. And like I'm just like. Instead, I prioritize other things like uh, mm-hmm. like some of the games I've been playing, hey. like uh, Marvel Snap, which okay, oh, it's, I have <laughs> thousands at this point in time of three minute rounds in on that game. Oh my gosh. I, I love that game so much, and I'm not going to get into mm-hmm. like the weird mechanical details. I also kind of hate it, which I think is sort of becoming Uh-oh. like my standard reaction to uh like just card based games that i play against other people um okay because i play i'm a combo player i love doing silly things and being like like i like pulling off the trick right and everybody else plays to win i like pulling off the trick and winning but i like pulling off the trick most of all um, and then when people ruin okay. my trick or they just, they play like the, it's like, I have a deck that does like a really cool thing and it makes a card mm-hmm. that is very difficult to play a lot easier to play. And mm-hmm. it, and it does it with a fair amount of consistency and it's a really mm-hmm. neat trick. Um, and instead people are like, no, 
Like they're just like, I'm going to kill everything. And I, because it's mo- like, and I'm just like, dude, and it's the same, it's the same problem that I ran into ma- with Magic the Gathering, which I am also playing again a little bit on the side here and there. <laughs> Um, nice. Cause I, nice. I, I love deck building. I love tinkering. Mm-hmm. I love building like goofy combos. And I just recognize that like, I kind of like building and I, I, I like to win. I like to win too. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I don't want to win the same way everybody else wins. And yeah. a lot of people just, it's like, this is the meta. This is the way. And Marvel snap doesn't have like a ton of cards yet. So the, the, the mm-hmm. dominant sort of deck types are, already pretty established and it, okay. there there are a few interesting wrinkles that sort of do keep gameplay fresh and encourage you to like play other styles and and everything but i just feel like everybody's like this deck wins and that's all i needed to do and i'm like oh yeah but you're missing out on like all the fun of like maybe they're, they're just like hey check out this cool thing i can do but a lot mm-hmm. of them, it's like I'm seeing like the same cards, and it's the same cards are always my foil. Where I'm like, dude, like, oh, yeah. oh, you played Killmonger again, neat. Like, oh, you played Shang Chi again, neat. You played Hobgoblin, and it's like the game is so cool, and there's like this really neat toolkit, and everybody is like, no. I want the thing that I like. I'm like, you can make a Swiss Army knife, and like people are like, no, hammer. And I'm like, you're boring. You're boring. You're basic. I wish there was like an emote that would just let me spam your basic. Cause I would just like, every time I'd see like these same stupid decks in the same stupid plays, I would just like jam on that button and be like, you're basic. You're a, I'm, I'm getting a little worked up. Um, <laughs> I may or not, gotcha. I may or may not be like screenshotting games where I win, even though somebody like tried to be cheap and, and crummy. And at some point in time, mm-hmm. I may or may not like just unload that on Twitter as a thread and be like, "All oh, these people are trash," and I beat them <laughs> and I laughed about it um, because they played cheap garbage and I still beat you. So suck eggs. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Addictive. I it, see it, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I'm not angry about it at all. I, like I said, <laughs> and it's just like it's one of those things. Like I go in to sort of play around. Yeah. And other people are like, no, I need to win this thing. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. that's a, I, I just, I'm, I'm at loggerheads with that. Like I just, yeah. I'm at odds with that perspective. Like that's not, I like to win too, but I also like to sort of like play. And yeah. I feel like it's a lot of people are just like playing it. And it's like, it's like, I'm like, oh, that's okay, cool. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But, gotcha. But so you've been playing Marvel Snap. Marvel Snap. While I spent like five minutes talking about it, even though I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to hit it quick. Um, yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, you don't need to edit out like a, a, at least a twenty minute sort of like. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but the the other thing that I've really been playing, well, there's two things kind of. Uh, I have been putting a little bit of time into Baldur's Gate uh, two mm-hmm. yep. for uh, our. Our, our episode with Paul. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm at. Like I, I need to actually mm-hmm. just pull up. I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to find a guide and sort of just like, mm-hmm. like sort of run, run that, run that guide beat by beat just so I can like extort experience the story beats. 
But the the one that's yeah. really been like sucking up all the oxygen in the room is I'm playing like everybody else pretty much. I'm playing God of War, Ragnarok, and Marvel Snap. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. it's like those are like mm-hmm. the two big and uh all I'm gonna say is I, I'm I'm loving God of War. Um you and I had a little bit of an interesting conversation about the VGAs and sort of all of that stuff. What I will say is like God of War. Nate, is it your game of the year? It might be. I'm not done with it yet, but I, mm-hmm. it is so far. It is the thing that I've like, it is my favorite thing that I've played this year. And it's one of my favorite things I've played in a long time. Like nice. It's, it's, it's pretty darn great. Yeah. It's just pretty Sweet. darn great. Um, I, I think I, I've heard complaints about, well, it's just, it's got like God of War 1.5. And I'm like, well, how far did you get? Because I can see where that analysis would like present itself, especially like early on. But as the game sort of opens up and does it maybe overstay its welcome a little bit? Eh, Maybe, but I'm maybe for some people, but not for me. I can see where Mm -hmm. like, I've got 45 hours into that thing. Now I'm also, my clock Mm -hmm. is a little wonky because a lot of it's like I put, I pause it and put the controller down and I go deal with the screaming baby for a while. Um, (laughs) So yeah. Um, but yeah, God of War Ragnarok is pretty great. I, 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 you know, sort of like, you know, hats off to Sony Santa Monica because I think so far what I've played there, the way that they're handling just that material, they're killing it. So sweet. But that's, I mean, that's all I've been playing. Like I said, uh, sort of earlier, my backlog score has since last episode has really just sort of been hasn't moved i haven't beaten anything mm-hmm. i haven't picked up anything uh black friday n- none of the black friday deals really stuck like stood out to me mm-hmm. i was debating on pulling the trigger on psychonauts 2 for 20 bucks on playstation store but also mm. i don't want to give microsoft any money gotcha. just because i'm vindictive like that um, <laughs> no i just uh, there's like th- there's a whole saga in there where i'm just like yeah. I'm, I'm mad yeah, and it's it's that game in particular. It's that game in particular because they yeah. they refuse to release a PS5 native version while the Xbox yeah. Series X has a Series X native version. And they that's mm-hmm. their property. They have the right to do whatever they want. But mm-hmm. I'm also like, if you're going to play these stupid petty games, I'm going to gig you for it. <laughs> you can't have play my stupid petty game. <laughs> I'm going to play my <laughs> stupid petty game and you can't have my $70. Suck it. <laughs> Um, man, now that I've just revealed myself to be all sorts of a vindictive son of a gun, uh, let's, uh, sort of move into, well, you know, the, the, the next form and sort of the lineup here, we, we mentioned briefly the backlog beatdown, which is a meta game that we run all year long where we mm-hmm. prioritize, uh, playing what you already own and not spending money not buying new stuff, but that the GG is actually the official app of the backlog beatdown. Um, Mm -hmm. Charles Watson, he's a friend of ours. He, he started GG a few years back at at this point in time. Um, And it's basically, he's built it 
to be kind of like a letterboxed app for your video game collection. Uh, you can create custom lists, uh, sort of of like your favorite games or games you want to be playing. And in fact, the way that we track all of our purchases and all of our um, the things that we play is we have custom lists in, in on our profiles. You can follow yep. a whole bunch of different people, including Josh and I, on GG, uh, and it will sort of populate a little bit of a feed, sort of showing you what your friends are playing. You can rate and review games after you've played them, or you know, hopefully after you've played them. Technically, you can mm -hmm. rate and review before you played it, but uh, <laughs> let, let's just be honest, that's a, a little disingenuous and. Uh, uh, <laughs> We, we don't hopefully you finish the game for you or, or at least like, not looking at anyone play in particular uh, <laughs> i i've never done that have i no no and I'm, I'm not talking about you i'm talking about video games oh journalism. video game journalism mean um yes yes yeah. so, so so much professionalism much while other game of the year contenders you know mm, but anyways mm. that's that's a whole other true, true story um but uh oh yeah oh yeah that was a bit of a kerfuffle um i forgot about that um but so you can do custom lists you can sort of there there's a whole bunch of different people you can go the guys from kind of funny are on there so it's like mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of like stuff in there like i said you can rate and review create custom lists um and and charles is constantly sort of adding to the app adding to the features uh, and if you want early access to that and a little more access to him through uh discord because that's chiefly how he, he interacts with like you can uh, subscribe on a monthly basis i think it's five bucks a month then 50 bucks for the year uh for i think he called is it elite status or the elite tier i mean yeah i'm i'm in it but i just you know uh you get early access you get early build access and all sorts of stuff you have a little more say and input on sort of like features and uh you know and and you can interact with charles a little bit more on on his discord um other things that we think are worthwhile and that maybe you should throw money at is it's, Hey, it's this show. Um, we like money. Hello. Um, and while by no means do we want anyone to feel obligated to do this, we, we'd actually encourage you to look at sort of, we have a Patreon and we'd encourage you to look at it as a bit of a tip jar. If you like what we're doing here mm -hmm. and you want to go a little bit above and beyond, uh, feel free to subscribe to our Patreon. And as a patron, there are some perks again, uh, you know, just like, you know, a lot of other podcasts you get early and uncut access to each and every one of our episodes so all like there's all sorts of weird flubs that josh will probably cut out or there's like a little bit of banter <laughs> or sometimes we rabbit trail or we just sort of like if, if you really are dead set on hearing me rant me and and, and one of our guests sort of like talk for 20 it was probably at least 25 minutes about marvel snap and just <laughs> yeah actually josh you could probably just cut that out and make that uh uh a bite -sized. Bite -sized. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I actually have more thoughts now that I, i'd want to cram into that but uh you know stuff like that there's actually a an exclusive podcast uh, that uh, is only available to our patrons called The Bro Hang, where we don't necessarily talk about video games and that that tends to be a little more stream of consciousness. Uh, like maybe sometimes we're talking about current events or just like, you know, sort of whatever floats our boat. Um, sometimes they're silly. Sometimes there's a, they're a little serious. Sometimes it's very ranty. Uh, other times it's just the, the equivalent of us making fart noises into the microphone. Um, <laughs> It's a little bit more than that, but, uh, you know, so there's that. And also as a patron, you have a little more access to Josh and you get a video feed. So if you're like, Hey, you know, I see like their weird 
uh, profile pictures on the different social medias, but is that what they really look like? And the answer in my situation is probably not um, because I've been stress eating the crap out of like those big bags of Albanese gummies. Like I've mm. just, I've mowed through like several of them at this point in time. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a little fuller in the face than maybe I am in some of my profile pictures. <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know why I felt the need to just do that to myself. But you can see that face. You can see that face. If you're a patron. Yeah. And you can see it talking <laughs> and, and being all weird. Um, but in, in other things, it's sort of just sort of like rounding out all the little bits and bobs here. Uh, we are members and, and, and glad to be members of the Playwell Network alongside uh, Wes Wesley Ray, the henchant dad himself, and our friend uh, mm -hmm. Paul, the artist currently known as the, the techno funk boy, Lytle. You will hear us reference them often, and you'll actually hear us reference mm -hmm. a lot of our, our, our patrons and friends often. But uh, Paul and Wes are both podcasters. They both have a ton of content. Wes has a couple shows out. Uh, he's got Retro Nim, and then he's got the henchant dad podcast, where um, he talks about, uh, well, he's talking about retro video games and just video game nostalgia and sort of he's doing some book studies. He's doing some interesting stuff over there with N Retro Nim. He's got some plans. And then Henshin Dad is sort of an overview of tokusatsu. Um, Paul does a ton of stuff, a lot of like, uh, you, you're going to have to, you're probably going to scold me, Paul. I can't remember it's real play or live play. But like actual the, play. Actual play. I got it wrong. Mm -hmm. I struck out. I got it <laughs> like just... I didn't even hit it. Um, actually, actually, it's actual a, play. He does a bunch of actual play podcasts. Um, he he did a a sort of a retro and nostalgia sort of based podcast uh, called uh, Well the Retro Zoo for a while, and then Retro Station. Um, but he's 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 got a ton of you know, irons in the fire, and we really like these guys. We like their content. We like sort of what they're about, and we think that they're worth listening to. And would really encourage you to check out one of their stuff. And instead of just listening to me talk about it, we actually have a word from, I don't know, how about we sort of change it up, Josh, and both of them today. So without all that being said, here's a word from our friends. I am to understand that you have summoned me. I, I did, the boy said excitedly. I can't believe it worked. It has worked, and I have come. Will you invite me in? The smile on Fortosio's lips was wide then, and if Wasson had been paying attention, he might have noticed the unusual length of Fortosio's eye teeth. But Wasson was too excited to notice. I would like to invite you on an adventure through my perilous realms. On Paul Lytle's Perilous Realms, I am serializing my audiobooks with an episode every week. We will go one book at a time through fantastic worlds and dangerous quests, all from the relative safety of your podcast app. To take up one of these journeys, check out Paul Lytle's Perilous Realms on your podcast app. That's Paul Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E, or search for Perilous Realms. Hey there, I'm Wes, and I run the Henshin Dab Podcast. If you don't know what that is, well, it's a one-man show where I talk about all the things that you need to know about the tokusatsu genre from Japan. If you've seen shows like Power Rangers and Ultraman, then you've seen tokusatsu. And I just happen to think those types of shows are pretty cool. 
So come on over and take a listen as I discuss all the current and retro happenings in the genre. You can find it over at anchor.fm forward slash henshindad. I'll see you there, and don't forget, henshin a go-go, baby! And we're back. We're back. Um, so hey, you're still here. You're still here, hanging on for dear life. But why, though? But, but why, though? Uh, well, hopefully... Um, you know, you'll you you might find this conversation to be uh, at least enjoyable, maybe enlightening. Uh, mm, mm. We'll find out. But uh, Josh, tonight's topic is sort of like you know, and and, and I, maybe maybe we we've already sort of like spilled the beans on this. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I've got so much brain fog up there. Like I wasn't working with a, a ton to begin with, and now like I'm sleep deprived and like yeah. Brief aside, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm trying to get this opening bit down, but like my brain is just like holding on to things that it just, white noise makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, oh, it makes me insane. Oh. Um, the, the, and the baby needs it. Like he, he yeah. needs it to like help mm-hmm. fall asleep. Yeah. And it's been playing like, uh, like, like nonstop for just, and I was just like, losing my mind at one point in time. And I was hmm. just like, and I, I looked at Megan and I was like, I was like, I have to like not be in this room. Cause it, hmm. it just, it's like that. It's, it's like, cause like the white noise too, is like that basically that static, like hiss yeah. almost. Yep. And I just, for whatever reason, it's not quite nails on chalk chalkboard mm-hmm. level, but it, it's just like after a while, it just grates on me. Like, have, have you tried brown noise? Um, I don't need any help in that department. <laughs> I am I'm perfectly capable of pooping my pants all on my own. <laughs> no, no, that's that's not actually a joke. Uh, um, it does sound like a joke, doesn't it? No, well, brown the, noise. The brown what? note is the one that, like, apparently, it's like that that note that hits that right frequency that just makes your bowels erupt. <laughs> have you ever heard that one? <laughs> Oh Google the brown note. <laughs> that can't be real. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I've never experienced it. I'm not even going to look that up. That can't be real. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, Google it. That sounds like an episode of like it's always sunny or something stupid like that. You know what? Since you talk about something, since you won't not- Google it, I'm going to Google it and send you the link. Just to like, <laughs> like whether it's a real thing or not, I cannot verify. Mm-hmm. All I know is that I've heard about the brown note from several sources. <laughs> that can't be real. Um, no, but brown noise, it's just, okay, so white noise is where you play every frequency, I want to say, at the same volume. Um, and so it's just kind of this wall of sound. It's static. But if you EQ it differently, so like I think pink noise is where um, it's tuned more to the human ear so that different frequencies are at different volumes, but you hear them all the same just because your ear picks up on different frequencies in different ways. I don't know what the EQ is for brown noise, but it has a little bit lower um, sound to it. And it uh, actually, I was watching a YouTube video and they mentioned it. And they said it sounds like when you're driving in a car at night and no one's talking, it sounds more like that. 
so so it's less intrusive. White noise can get kind of yeah ice picky, like the, the high end to it can be kind of sharp, whereas brown noise is a lot more like round. If that makes if that makes any sense, hmm. we have it on constantly in the kids' rooms. We have an old phone and an old tablet that are just playing it all the time because they generally just sleep in their rooms and we just don't turn it off when they wake up. It'll get turned off throughout the day. Um, it's not like they, they need it there. But my wife also uses it on her phone when we go to bed. So I'm used to it. I'm used Brown to hearing noise. it all the time now. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll look into that maybe. But we just thought it might be interesting to have a conversation surrounding the idea of why is it important to maybe talk about backlogs and backlog management and sort of all the different sort of areas that we sort of touch on in the, the breakdown? Because I mean, like the question is like, but why though? But why do we podcast? Well, we podcast because we like it, because we like talking to each other, because we think these are interesting conversations and we hope that they'll be useful at some point in time. But mm -hmm. why this particular niche of like video game dumb? And I think it, and you know, Josh, you know, feel free to sort of like push back or correct me, but I think a lot of it mm -hmm. sort of stems from the fact that like initially we just sort of like, you know, the origin stories, if you will, is like back way mm -hmm. years and years ago. Um, Fables there's a, and legends and myths. Like, like in a, in a galaxy far, far away and a long time ago. Um, we're, we're both members in a, in a Facebook group called TRG. Uh, it stands for the Reformed Gamers. And years ago at this point in time, there was a hashtag that was sort of making the circuit backlogs and finances. And there was something about this that kind of like got me. And there was something mm -hmm. about that I, I really mm -hmm. was sort of intrigued by and sort of, I don't know if it was like, I was just looking for something like, I, I was like, I'm going to be that guy. I mean, it could have been because sometimes I don't even understand all my own motivations, but I think <laughs> What I would say is, and, and, and I, I've said this before sometimes, I'm, I'm, I'm a deacon in the Presbyterian Church of America, or, or, or the PCA. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's actually the Presbyterian Church in America. Um, oh. But I don't think it's of. I think there's, the, and that might be an important distinction. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a deacon in the PCA. And one of the, the things that deacons do is we, we oversee mercy ministry and as as well as sort of like we are the physical stewards we we see to yeah. the bodies the the church bodies physical needs um and we we see so that you know and again a lot of that's like mercy ministry and stuff like that but i have a particular fondness um or very early on in sort of like my my sort of coming back to the faith if you will i became very enamored with that passage in James, um, which is also, which is actually an echo of the, the statements of uh, some of the commands given to early Israel, but to care for the widows and the orphans and sojourners. Mm -hmm. like in James where it says true religion is this caring for the widow and orphan. Um, and how like, you know, there, there is a, a, a critical part of the, the church's mission to itself, to its, through its own people is taking care of them. And sometimes that means helping them sort of address maybe problems like, and, and, and bad habits that are actually sabotaging their life. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm interested in sort of things like stewardship and self-improvement. And I don't think that like, you know, mm -hmm. self-improvement can be hokey. It can be dumb. 
Um, but it can also be useful sometimes in sort of saying like, yeah. hey, here, here are more effective ways to sort of like live your life. And I think we can just sort of like take those things. You can take all of it. And, you know, Josh and I sort of, I, I think like when we, we started this, like I said, we, the, the, off of that hashtag, there was a, a thing I called the Backlog Book Club. It's still our Facebook group. You can still go there. It doesn't get as much interaction. We we primarily interact with a lot of people on Discord mostly. Um, mm-hmm. So shame on us. But uh, the Backlog Book Club basically started as a little bit of an area for us to sort of talk about the games that we were playing that we weren't buying. It was a way to sort of circumvent the hype train. And there was actually yeah. an event called the beatdown which is not the beatdown as it stands now but was but there was that was sort of central to that and we would do this thing called backlog drafting but the whole point was i wanted to you know sort of get to a, a place where i don't know if it's i really even believe then in sort of eliminating backlogs but rather sort of taking stock of like the, the games you play because video games yeah. as as much as we really enjoy this hobby and we and video games are rad like um you know josh and i had a discussion sort of off not recording talking about like the impact of the storytelling um like of the current of god of war ragnarok is like got some fantastic storytelling absolutely fantastic storytelling and it's just a unique medium. And I think that part of mm-hmm. sort of really enjoying the medium to its fullest potential is making sure that you're putting it in its proper place. And I think that mm-hmm. when you are sort of enslaved to cycles like the hype, the hype train, and that you sort of like the, the, the need to, and some people buy games like day one, they play them and then they sort of like, they, they kind of move on. I, I think there's also mm-hmm. a fairly healthy amount of people who buy games maybe start them, maybe don't even start them. And, you know, sort of, and what it's eventually sort of worked its way into is that this is a way for us to maybe hopefully nudge people into sort of engaging the hobby in a more meaningful way to yeah. not, not sort of just buy into the, the mindless consumerism of the hype train and, and all of the circus and all of the spectacle that so much of like games enthusiasm has devolved into um, to, to step outside of, of things like fanboyism and, and all that, and to really engage the medium as a responsible, mature adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do that. And I think the way that you do that is by sort of taking stock of, of sort of, and again, sort of it's, we, we're, we're constantly like sort of like we're adding to the pile all the time, but like we're also just trying to sort of take steps at sort of being a little more measured, being a little wiser, being a little more intentional about it. Like, and yeah. so that's like, that's why I think focusing on something like backlogs is important because especially within video game fandom, they're pretty present. Like mm-hmm. almost every gaming community I'm a part of on Facebook or different social media platforms or whatever, like you always hear people talking about their backlog. Now, some people they're like, I don't believe in backlogs or like, you know, some haters out there say that backlogs are burdensome. I don't know who said that Logan Sharp um, <laughs> hurt my, he might, might have, yeah. whoever said that might've hurt my feelings, made me feel <laughs> bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just 
I don't know what I'm doing. I'm bloviating. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. But, um, so, but I think like part of it and, and sort of even looking at something like, like the beatdown, which is that sort of metagame that we run all year, the entire point of that is to get you to, and at some point in time, you know, here, maybe, maybe tonight we'll do a little bit of a recap on it more, but it's, it's basically a tool that is meant to help you sort of measure the, the, the two things that we are primarily concerned with, like playing what you already own, dealing mm-hmm. with the things that you already own and not adding to that pile mindlessly. Yeah. Like it's not about yeah. not buying games. It's about being a little more intentional with the way that you buy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh, did I miss anything? No. Well, I mean, I think there's certainly more to add, but I love the way that you have explained it because uh, I agree. Like the the kind of the the start of the podcast, you know, even our name where it comes from, the backlog breakdown is this idea of of just being uh, burdened by a, a backlog, right? Or or having this backlog and, and you know, carries with it a little bit of shame. But but as the podcast has gone on as, and as we've kind of delved into some of these issues, it's not even necessarily about the backlog. It's what the backlog says about us. And that sounds really like foo-foo. Sorry about that. Um, but I, I think the, the issues like you talked about of stewardship, of being intentional about even our hobbies as well, because then we can talk about the games that we really enjoy. We can talk about games as a medium and what it says, you know, what games are trying to, what certain games are trying to say to us, whether or not, you know, th- not that there's any problem with just a purely arcadey experience. Okay, that has mm-hmm. its place as well. But then what place to do other, you know, video games can do very many different things. They can just be pure entertainment, but they can also like present a message, right? You talked about storytelling in in some modern games as well. I think storytelling has only gotten better. Um, now, that said, I think some of my favorite stories are older games as well. Mm-hmm. So So it's all there in the mix, but taking a look at these games and being more intentional about what we're putting our time into what we're putting our money into as well. Um, but I would say even as I get older, time is, is an even more important Mm -hmm. metric than just dollars and cents. Well, because as we get older, hopefully, you you know, and it's not always the case we're, we're making a little bit more money and time Mm -hmm. Actually, there's an interesting meme that says like, you know, when you're younger, it's like, if I had more money, like you have all the time in the world when you're younger, because you're not Mm -hmm. like sort of like tied up. And this is not a bad like thing to to have responsibilities or sort of like obligations, Right. right? But when you're younger, typically, you just have a lot more time on your hands, but you don't necessarily have all the money uh, Mm -hmm. to do the things that you'd like to. Now, some people are just savvy and, or, you know, maybe you were born wealthy. I don't know. And so you had the time and the money. Um, But I think for most people, it's like, you know, you sort of have, when you have an abundance of one, you don't necessarily have an abundance or much of the other. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, as, as we've gotten older and we're both sort of like, you are, I don't know how you feel about me, but you are quickly approaching middle age. I am well into mm-hmm. my dotage 
at this point in time, you, you know, and especially uh, by Japanese standards. Oh, dude, I'm like, how am I dude, like old man? This, uh, yeah, dude, like, well, it, you know, it's so weird how like all the protagonists in Japanese mm-hmm. games are like 16, 17, and then like right. the old your dude life is, is like, over at 18. Like, the, well, how old was Aron in uh, I want to say 35. I could oh be wrong, gosh. but I'm pretty dude, sure he, he was, was 35. Like, he was like practically decrepit. Well, he was technically, right. this is a spoiler, so skip ahead for like five. He was technically dead. <laughs> um, yeah, he was as good as dead. But uh, no, he was also actually dead. He was actually dead. Um, <laughs> man, uh, spoilers. Um, but I think the, 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 the thing is we just don't have the, the time because of our obligations and because Mm -hmm. of things like jobs and then you're you know kids and your family and just the the different church you know different things with the church and your neighbors and there's like and that's not that's not a bad thing those are good things to have in your life and i think Mm -hmm. i think part of it too is that just and, and what's become sort of increasingly clear to me in the last couple of years is that the church doesn't have a lot to say to encourage people how to sort of play games and be responsible adults. Like it, it mm-hmm. seems like the the overall messaging, and we've we've had a few podcasts um, sort of talking about this, either amongst ourselves or with guests. But a lot of the church does tend to be sort of like a lot of the church. The rhetoric in the, in in church culture around video games is like you know, for lack of a better term, I'm going to sort of like, they, they've sort of borrowed a page out of Mark Driscoll's playbook from years ago. And video games aren't sinful. They're just stupid. And that people who play them are wasting their time. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it's, and, and that's not an entirely unfair critique because I think the, the very nature of games and sort of game culture, these things do tend to be very time con- consuming. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so there's all sorts of other things you could be doing and probably sometimes should be doing other than mm-hmm. playing games. But, you know, and I think, I think instead of sort of dipping into that rhetoric, we need to have better answers. And, and I think in a lot of ways, this podcast is sort of our attempt to give better answers, to give better yeah. frameworks, to give just a better solution overall. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, to be able to to engage with the medium in a way that's more beneficial, in a way that, like you said, doesn't encourage just a mindless kind of consumption. And along with that, again, what our kind of way into that is through talking about backlogs, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how that can often show the fact that we have kind of mindlessly piled up for ourselves <laughs> a mm-hmm. bunch of games without thinking about the the time commitment that it takes, you know, mm-hmm. um, just I know in my case, it's not always the case with everyone, but in my case, my backlog, um, it was definitely that it was it was that I could purchase a bunch of games. Um, that were middling to good, you know, uh, or middling to great. I'll put it that way for uh, inexpensive prices. And th- th- there was a bit of a collector mentality as well. So that th- that's there. But I had more games than I would be able to finish. And I say had, I, meant, I mean, when I started the podcast, I really haven't gotten rid of 
you know, very many games. I still have a ton of games. Um, in fact, I just kind of updated my Excel sheet just over the this uh, past uh, holiday weekend. So that was a lot of fun to look at that as well. But but even just coming face to face with it and seeing, you know, this this is probably more video games than I will ever play in my life. And so what does that say about me that I've accumulated all these things and only played like half of them, <laughs> you know, for me, it was, it was, it was recognizing that there was this unhealthy consumerism inside my own heart, right. To, to purchase these games and not to play them. Um, again, it's fine to be a collector and I get it. That's, that's my like default as well. But even a game, even, even if it's a great game that cost me $5 if I never open it, if I never touch it, if I never use it, and I get you can give it away, you can do other things with it. But if none of those things are done, then it's still a waste of $5. Like no matter how great that game is, if I never play it, like it's yeah. wasting my money. Um, the, the outside of what, just to, just to collect and say that I have it. Like, eh, I think there's another issue there. <laughs> well, and so, th- there could be, because I think there, there are some ways to sort of like be, a reasonable, conscionable sort of collector. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so I mean, there there might be some games there where that you you buy copies just because of sentimental value, or looking yeah. at as yeah. as a bit of an investment, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Though I would probably discourage some of that. I, I think the, yeah. the the sort of the video game investment retro market is kind of fraught with misdeeds in peril at this point yes. in time um there's yes. there's a there's a good bit of stuff uh sort of circling around that i and and since you like and i know i'm sort of like jumping in here but you did mention mm-hmm. that you have your excel sheet um mm-hmm. and there was actually a video that you had sent me a link to where i think yeah. part of the 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 big issue is that um and you've done the hard work of of sort of and i actually based on this video and I have the I have the thing like the it's called approaching the backlog or something, but the the miss it says a misguided guide to finishing your game of backlog. What was the guy's name mm-hmm. who, who did that? Um, oh, I'm not even sure. It came up on like my recommended YouTube, so I didn't even know the guy before I watched this video, but I was impressed with the video. Uh, it's by Daryl Talks Games. Um, there you go. And it's it's called A Misguided Guide to Finishing Your Gaming Backlog. And uh, it's, a link for that will be in the show notes with a content warning. Uh, it's yeah. not crazy over the top, but there is some fan servicey stuff. He does make some anatomy jokes, things like that. Yeah. And yeah. But overall, I thought it was an interesting sort of examination of the problem. And I think, mm-hmm. frankly, his solution was was interesting, although I yeah. don't necessarily know. I wouldn't I wouldn't perhaps like, go down that road. It, however, mm-hmm. has given me like one of the things that I've been meaning to do is like just take and i've been meaning to do this for a while is just take stock of my physical library but also my digital library and then uh, one of the things he did was that he actually referenced how long to beat which we actually use for the the beatdown as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and he sort of compiled a a, a a 
bit of an estimate of time. Like, you, you know, I think he ended around like 1700 hours or something to completely yep. wipe out his backlog. And he did some predictive stuff. Like he, you know, he said, well, I'm probably going to buy X, Y, and Z. Um, but it was an interesting sort of solution. And and the, the fact is like, there's some really great information about just how like even sort of attempting to tackle some of this stuff actually sort of helps sharpen you as a human being um, mm-hmm. and sort of gets you you sort of thinking and, and sort of, you know, basically the fact that you would even sort of maybe if, if you are feeling sort of like a bit threatened by the, uh, the idea of your backlog or like mm-hmm. you're, 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 you're sort of fraught with like anxiety, like kind of like whenever you think about it, actually one of the, the and, and he talks a little bit about psychology and stuff in some of this. And, right. and again, right. the, the really useful information, but he's like, it's actually really helpful to just go through and catalog it. And he's mm-hmm. like, and it, because it gives your, because it's actually kind of, putting hard boundaries on some of these things and it, instead yeah. of, and it's the idea of taking a, a large problem and breaking mm-hmm. it into much smaller, more manageable segments. That's, that's all mm-hmm. like, you know, and so by creating a list or a catalog of what you have, you're, it's, it's not just sort of this giant question mark. It's like, well, no, I know. And even if you don't remember right. all of the different titles, you have that information available to you. Yeah. Yeah. There's basically one thing that he brings up is the, the way that we are wired as humans and not necessarily everyone, but most people, um, when you, for, in the, in the case of a backlog for video games, it's when you purchase games and you haven't yet played them, your brain, you have a little bit of a, of a open loop in your brain of like, Oh, I need to play this, right? Like I purchased it. Now I'm going to have to, I'm going to have, like, I want to play it. But there's a little bit of, of, of an open-endedness to it. It's, and your it's brain kind wants- of sucking up like mental bandwidth. Not, not a ton, yeah. but right. it's just like sort of running in the background. There's always like this kind of like, like, oh, I need to do this thing. Oh, I need to do this thing. Oh, I need to exactly. do this thing. And so you can close that loop by playing the game, but also it helps if you make a plan to play the game. Mm-hmm. It helps your brain- um, it kind of shut off that loop and like, okay, this is how it will get done and gets you towards that end goal. Mm-hmm. And so all the, all these things are, uh, cause I don't want to like steal wholesale from his video, but I thought it was very helpful um, because I recognize the same things in myself of seeing like how many games I have, how a ridiculous amount of games on the, on this backlog. And then not only staring in the face, how many games that I have, but then even taking a look at how long it would take to beat all of them. Mm-hmm. And I haven't cataloged everything. Not everything has a how long to beat entry because I have a bunch of games on that Excel sheet that I actually don't really intend on playing anymore. You know, they've just kind of rolled up. Like I have so many good ones that, Eh, I'm probably I don't really care, so I don't really care how long it it takes. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a good metric, you know. When he talks about what I want to say, it was under a hundred games on his backlog. I want to say it was like sixty or seventy on his backlog that he wants to get through, and you know his number was yeah sixteen or seventeen hundred hours. Um, is his estimated time that it's going to take him to play through all those games, like? Do you really have a free seventeen hundred hours <laughs> to play through mm-hmm. um, your your backlog? I mean, that's that is a, a considerable investment, 
and and I I I say this because I suffer from the same thing. Like I suffer. That sounds oh woe is me. No, Aww. I just mean that I have the same issue of like oh these this is actually more games than I can that I can reasonably play unless I dedicate myself to it, which I don't because I don't want video games to be that place for me. Yeah, his his ultimate solution is like he's actually going to make sort of a a run at doing that, like sort of yeah. going through that list. Yeah. And and there's a part of me that's like, but that's a little admirable. But it's also, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not to dig on him, but it's 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 pretty foolish um, because I, I think overall, like quality of life is go- like your quality of life. If you're paying, if you play seventy, because he he worked it down, it's like twenty hours of games a week. Or something like that. It's like okay. he did the math on it, and it's it's a substantial, like like you're looking at you know, let's just say you play games. You're looking at like a five nights out of the week that you're playing games for at least four hours or more. Mm. Um, that's substantial, and yeah. I and I, I just don't know too many sort of like I I don't think that that's a wise sort of plan of action i think what would be better is to maybe take that and say like i'm going to break this in half or maybe even in three parts and i'm going to mm-hmm. sort of like like one of the the tools that i use personally when i'm sort of like looking at backlog and and i'm i am going to do the spreadsheet thing and i am going to use how long to be but like i like to do either like a long game and then maybe a couple short games right or yep. You, you know that that's that's sort of like you know, or just sort of like bouncing between genres. Because as I've gotten older, my tastes have expanded, and so mm-hmm. like I I like JRPGs. I also like open world adventures. I also like basically uh, whatever The Wolf Among Us is. I love that mm-hmm. game. It was that was so mm-hmm. much fun. I'm uh, after I beat it, I was like I'm pretty hyped for the second one now. Um, yeah. Even though Sweet. New Tales from the Borderland was a total letdown, but I think that's more <laughs> that's more of Borderlands writing. Mm. Tales from the Borderland is excellent. Apparently New Tales yeah. from the Borderland is kind of like super mediocre. Um but nah. I is that just Borderlands writing or whatever? I don't know. Um I'm yeah. getting off topic. But I think he's got some really interesting ideas. I think the video is worth yeah. watching and you know, all, all the aforementioned sort of caveats included that you know, there's some language and, and it's, but it's, it's interesting. And I think, and this isn't going to like, like the thing is like too, this is not for everybody. Like right. our buddy, Paul, right. Um, he does not really buy new games. He buys games mm-hmm. that are like 40 years old for like $2 and then puts like 500 bajillion hours into them. Um, <laughs> Because he just keeps playing like the same three things. The beatdown is pretty sure Vampire Survivors came out like either this year or last year. That's (laughs) the newest thing he mostly plays retro. Period. It's uh, (laughs) you know like he's never bought a game that soon after release. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm might only be half joking. I don't know, Paul. You'd have to like set the record straight. Um, This year has changed some things, but anyway, this year has changed some things, but. Um, you know, he does primarily sort of just like, and that's, so for him, like backlog issues aren't super present. This is typically right. more towards right. like people who are sort of a little more on the, the, the closer to the front edge of gaming. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and sort of gaming enthusiasm. So, yeah. you know, and that being said, and, and and maybe our solutions and the solutions are, aren't aren't going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, you know, but I think the thing is like, just to have like to formulate some sort of plan or to at least sort of think about, and I mean, and this is mostly meant for people who are sort of like, like, like sort of experience a little bit of like, you know, and, and I'm only half joking here, but existential dread when they look at their backlog, <laughs> like if you kind of look at yours and you're like, Oh, Hey, cool. And it's like in one year and out the other, there might be some other issues that you should probably examine, or it could just be, you have a healthy relationship with the hobby and you don't need to worry about that. Um, yeah. This is, you know, yeah. and again, but I think too, Josh, and we did sort of maybe talk a little bit about doing a bit of a recap on the beatdown. And I think mm-hmm. this might be, you You guys have heard us reference this several times. And if you are sort of a newer listener, I, I would like to take like a minute to explain the beatdown. Um, so, mm-hmm. and again, it's a metagame that we run all year long. And basically at the beginning of every year, your score, the score resets and everything you own uh, at the stroke of midnight between December 31st and January 1st, technically everything you own for your console technically becomes backlog. So you start at zero and the goal is okay, because most of us have fairly substantial backlogs. The goal is Mm -hmm. to have a negative score. So every time you Mm -hmm. beat a game, you get a negative one. Every time you beat a game, there there used to be weird rules about how like, you know, if you bought a game, you technically couldn't score it. That's changed. There's other, penalizations and and sort of but like so every time mm-hmm. you beat a game if that game shows up for the main playthrough on how long to beat at over at 35 hours or over if how long to beat has the sort of like the the main playthrough as 35 plus hours you actually get what we call the long game bonus and mm-hmm. then you can actually score an additional point so whether it's a, a regular game or a long game bonus game, you can actually score an additional point by completing the game. So completion mm-hmm. would be 100%ing, getting the platinum, you know, getting all the achievements, whatever sort of like, or it could just be like an in-game sort of thing where it's like, I know the Metroid games have like uh, completion percentages. Um, or it could just, you know, like, you know, there was a conversation that I had with uh, our buddy Wes and then Josh when we were talking about Mother 3 about like what qualifies as a completion for Mother 3. Yeah. And there's actually people have gone out and said like, okay, this is what a completion run looks like for Mother 3. Um, so there's things like that. And you can actually, so with a longer, beefier game sort of in the JRPG sort of zone, you could potentially be earning negative three points against your backlog, right? Mm-hmm. And this is all like sort of what we're doing is we're gamifying this because like that's a little bit like yeah. it is fun. You get a little bit of a dopamine hit when you drive those numbers down. Um, mm-hmm. And because what I think it signifies is that you are beating your backlog down, right? I mean, that's what we call it is the beat down. But for someone who has hundreds of games in his backlog like the fact that i can end the year at minus 15 you know say say i end there it means that 15 of those games that are on my backlog i no longer have to worry about theory ish because of the long game bonuses and completions and everything else Mm -hmm. and 
we we did sort of like I said the the whole eschewing the the one for one thing kind of mm-hmm. you know be, it's like I said it's a little bit of a gamification there it's it's meant to sort of right like it's meant to reward you know because there you could when we first did this it was called backlog golf right the, mm-hmm. this the the original sort of uh, rollout of this particular system was originally called backlog golf and there was a whole bunch of like playing a crap ton of really small games and just mm-hmm. chewing through them. And I mean, we had people who had like, I, I think Wes's score was like negative 50 or something like I'm that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, mm-hmm. and he was just burning through like these shorter, like, you know, five, six, seven, eight hour games. And mm-hmm. that's fine. But we also right. felt like that the people who were investing in sort of bigger games, like, jrpgs or just you know some of the more expansive whatever like they were sort of being left by the wayside and and almost punished for not playing shorter games and so we've tried to sort of rectify some of that now there are a few exceptions uh if a game is the way that you're accessing a game so it's like we've got services like game pass and the new uh you know what i've started calling uh ps triple and double plus or double and triple plus um, mm-hmm. is like where it's sort of like the subscription model where it's like, you don't actually own that or really have any rights to that. Now we do make exceptions also for games with gold and PS plus. I'll get to that. Uh, but subscription services don't really count for anything. I think we did start allowing like negative one for completions on those um, because you know, you are playing a game, but technically you're not really adding to your backlog. And it's actually, in a lot of ways, those services detract from, and again, like if you're somebody who uses those services primarily, the beatdown isn't for you. That's all there is to Mm -hmm. it. Like, because you probably don't have the issues that somebody who's been accumulating games for years and years and years. Like, Mm -hmm. those aren't really backlog games. Those are, and I think just the general approach with those systems is different. Now, games with gold and and PS Single Plus are a little bit of a different bird because both of those services, when they first started, and I think it might still be the case, are required to do online gaming. So you need to have a subscription in order to play online games to games with gold or to Microsoft Gold and then PS Plus. The thing is, those games, the games with gold are actually just included with your Microsoft Gold subscription. And the PS Plus games, there's like three or four of them every month, are actually just included with your PS Plus subscription. So you don't get penalized for those, and you can actually count them as backlog games whenever you get them. And you can score those out. We treat, like I said, we do treat those a little differently. Um, because you're paying for the subscription and they're just a nice perk. Um, they're a bit of a yeah. bonus there. Uh, but so the, the other, the other side of this is anytime you purchase a game, you take a point. Now right. there are, there are a few caveats to this one too. If you purchase a game and then you play it, you have to take an additional point for playing the game the same. So yes, we do penalize you for playing new games uh, that you bought. Now, now right. there's sort of, we, we get a little tricksy and silly here 
there's a, again, a few exceptions. One of the exceptions is if you buy a collection or an anthology, like a, a, that has like several games, like what is it? The Sega collection has like 50 some games on it or something like that. Something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. In theory, you would only take one point for the actual purchase of that game. Okay. Uh, Cause you're, even though you're technically buying 25 different games or whatever it is, you only take one point for the purchase. You would, however, take for any of those games that you play, you can actually, I actually, I, I, you'd have to check the rules on this one. Do, do we make them take, you just take a point when you play a particular game on that. Or maybe we didn't do that. Anyways, okay. the, the, the way it used to be is like an anthology where you take one point for the purchase and then you could, oh no, you could just play whatever on it and just score it out. Um, and that was, but I don't know. We, if, if that's still the way it works, we, we might need to correct that. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing there is, like I said, I did mention that with Game Pass uh, or yeah, Game Pass and PS Double and Triple Plus, the only way to score anything is through a completion or a platinum. Um, mm -hmm. we don't give points for like, you can, there's an avenue for scoring in those. It's just a little more difficult because again, we're prioritizing something very specific. I think mm -hmm. the other, the other thing is if you are giving gift cards or if somebody gives you a game as a gift, you still take a point for the acquisition, but there's no penalty for playing those things. Case in point, I've mentioned God of War Ragnarok. I used gift cards that I earned through different reward programs I'm involved in to purchase that. I did not actually spend money to to get that game. Like there, there was like, mm -hmm. there's an app that Josh and I and a few other people in the group use that basically, you know, you can get gift cards for walking so many steps a day. And because I'm a, uh, you know, a letter carrier in the United States Postal Service, and I walk like 13 miles a day. I get lots <laughs> of steps in. Um, yeah. So that that being said, there are ways, and there's in our Discord we actually have the longer form rules sort of mm -hmm. like posted. And and I had said something to Josh about maybe even amending like the Game Pass and the, the PS Double and Triple Plus stuff. But the more I think about it, I don't think that we necessarily need to. Because I was like, it's getting a little messy because of PS Plus and PS Double Plus. But you can, last time I was in there, uh, I, I was pretty sure that you can actually see like, these are the PS Plus games that I got through my subscription to the PS Plus service, separated mm -hmm. from PS Plus Extra and Premium is what they're actually called. So gotcha. there, I think there is a way to distinguish between those two things. Okay. So okay. that. Did I miss anything? Um, nothing comes to mind, but I think really it's more just about the heart of of why we do this meta. And and you've mentioned it, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone, but it's just so that we can be mindful. Because again, if we are, if I am, right, in my own case, I'm continually purchasing games because I've heard that they're good and and I'm not playing them, well, we want to be more mindful of how many games we purchase versus how many games we play, right? If I'm constantly buying, if I'm buying one game a month, okay, that's 12 games throughout the year, and I'm only finishing a game every two months, 
that's an extra like I end the year and I've got more games. I've got six more games than I was able to play. And you continue that and your backlog only continues to grow. And maybe that's not even a good, you know, analogy because maybe you're purchasing more than one game a month. Maybe you're playing through more than one game a month as well. But, you know, just, just that idea of being mindful of these things, taking into account what, um, what purchasing a game means like what what is the investment both finances but also of of your time investment what does this actually mean because also i'll tell you for me when i'm keeping track of these things i do i am much more savvy about the games that i decide to pick up i'm much more picky about it i'll tell you if i wasn't playing the beatdown this year i probably already would have picked up triangle strategy i probably already would have picked up elden ring and you know people can yell at me for not you know already Dude, as, I mean, as a big Soulsborne fan like the reason i, <laughs> I didn't buy elden have. ring early on earlier on mm-hmm. was because i was like i knew we had the, the beatdown and that's and that's sort of the thing there's that maxim that uh measuring leads to mastery kind of thing mm-hmm. like, like like the the first step to mastery is measuring something and and or yeah you know, and i'm kind of like i i know i'm probably butchering that a little bit but like the whole idea is like if you pay attention to things and you log it and you're sort of mm-hmm. careful about it it will eventually lead to or, or no the, the the maxim is measurement leads to management which is not always true and i've we've sort of tweak that to say that measurement leads to mastery which means like if you're measuring it and you're paying attention you can master the hobby you know you can be master of it rather than being mastered by it you can uh, but i would even say i think the better one is measurement leads to mindfulness mm. and mindfulness can lead to mastery and mm-hmm. management like by paying attention to what you're buying and what you're playing, it gets you thinking about that stuff. Like that is sort of that, yeah. that, that psychology, you know, like bending, dipping in that. And by thinking about it, you can actually categorize it. And it, it's sort of, it's not just like, Oh, I'll just add it to the pile. Oh, I'll just add it to the pile. Oh, I just, like right. if there's a little bit of penalty and a little bit of reward. And again, and it's all psychological. It's all like yeah. in your head, <laughs> right? Like because it's like we're not playing for stakes or anything like that. It's just we're just playing mm-hmm. because we're playing, and so yeah, because it it's yeah. kind of fun, and like we have a cool community, and guys talk about the stuff that they found, what they're excited yeah. about. So yeah, right, because it's not a complete. We're not trying to get you to never buy games. That's just not realistic, you know. Like there's always going to be the cool game that comes like i do want triangle strategy i'm going to buy it at some point <laughs> mm-hmm. but this year was not a good time because i i already have so many other games that i need to play and so focus on the that and so why would i want to pick it up now if i'm not going to play it for another year or two yeah. you know it, it, i can wait i can wait i'm sure it'll be cheaper down the road you know yeah. I'm, there's no shortage of copies I with that game almost Pulled the trigger on Horizon Forbidden West. It was at 40 bucks or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I bet if I wait, I can get it cheaper. And Mm -hmm. that in in some ways was really triggered by the fact that I want to drive down my my beatdown score. I was like, do I really, like, I want to play the game, but I bet Mm -hmm. if I wait, I can get it cheaper. Or, Or, you know, I might, maybe I'll get like, you know, 
some some Christmas tips or some gift cards or some just birthday and Christmas gifts. And I can use that stuff towards it without like dipping into money that should be going to, to other things. Yeah. So, um, right. Well, and, and you mentioned earlier how we don't have any stakes, that it is psychological. And, and part of that is intentional because I think that helps, at least for me, it helps because I'm not comparing myself to someone else who may have more time to play than I do. Cause that would just frustrate me. You know, if someone is constantly like, oh, here's another minus one, here's another minus one, here's another minus one. I would get jealous, you know, if there were well, stakes. And backlog in, in golf, it, you know, that first like, year backlog golf was like, dude, like watching people just shred those numbers. Mm-hmm. It was like, there's like, yeah, everybody wants to win in a way. Yeah. But. Right, right. But because there's no like prize at the end of the year, um, it means that you're not like, it's not even really about competition. It's more about yourself. Like, can you beat your score? You know, it's, it's not about, can you beat him or can he beat you? And there's nothing wrong with a little bit of competition, but like, no. I think when it becomes about sort of like that keeping up with the Joneses or whatever, you're actually detracting from your own enjoyment potentially. I mean, maybe well, you're also, a little bit of a psycho and you're like, you just like the idea of like sort of being in contention with people over like, video games is exciting. <laughs> well, it, it could also go unhealthy in the other direction of just like it would cause you to pour a ton of time into games that you shouldn't be spending on games, you know, of, of causing you to prioritize yeah. them over other things in your life. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know that I personally have too much more to say on this, Josh. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I feel like this is a good little sort of like, uh, you know, as as the the British are want to say, a bit of a primer. Yes, um, I'm like that's yes. hard eye grammar works. Into- it's a it's a primer, you <laughs> primer. Mm-hmm. It's a primer. Prime the pump. <laughs> Prime the pump. You know, it's true. It's, it's a primary lesson. But yeah, I mean, with everything that we've talked about with the, with kind of what we do here with the podcast, wanting to engage in the medium in more of a mindful way and, and how we do that through our backlogs and the games that we play, um, you know, at, at the core of it, uh, I think you, you addressed this earlier, how a lot of people can demonize video games, right? Video games are seen as just time wasters. Um, and we do want to caution overuse right overconsumption, but we also want to explore the good things that the medium has to offer um because oftentimes those aren't brought up both by those who want to just demean the uh platform as a whole the medium as a whole and by those who just mindlessly engage in it you know we want to go a little bit deeper and, yeah. and dig into some of the things that the medium has to offer and um yeah, what were you going to say? I was just going to say dip into that healthy middle ground where we enjoy right. it as a good gift without overemphasizing mm-hmm. the importance of it. Um, because that is pretty prevalent in culture where like, you know, like people feel the need to protect it because it's art. Well, not everything. Just like not every paint, painting is probably worth saving. Not every mm-hmm. video game is worth like celebrating. Um, yeah. Whereas the other side is like to completely dismiss it as useless is kind of a juvenile hot take that actually Mm -hmm. says more about that individual than I think they'd appreciate. (laughs) 
Um, but so to kind of rework our, our tagline that we say at the end of the podcast, as I was just thinking through just this, this question of why, um, here's what I came up with. I said that we want to beat down the bad habits that come from our backlogs while also breaking down the benefits of the medium of video games. And I, I think so. like, I mean, and we do lots of like lots of little things. Like we have a top 100 list that uh, we are constantly tweaking and adding to and reworking. Actually, I'm going to put it on record here. I don't know if you, I, I'm pretty sure you, you haven't played Wolf Among Us, have you? No, I haven't. I want it on the list, dude. I think oh, it's wow. like, I, the the more I think about it, it's like probably like my favorite version of like the sort of like point and click Mm-hmm. I know it's not point and click, but like that sort of lineage well, of game, uh, but right. that point and click adventure right. game. Like, and I'm just like, I really liked it a lot. Like the more I'm mm-hmm. sitting on that game and sort of like, I'm like, no, I, I really liked it. I, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's no game of the year, but it's like really, it was really good. It's really solid. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think it, it's pretty, uh, pretty dang special. Um, nice. But uh, hopefully, uh, folks, you know, if you've listened this far, uh, you've enjoyed this conversation and it's been enlightening and it's been useful and maybe edifying and encouraging. And I had lots of other E-words and then my brain kind of went, just like scientific progress goes boink. And if you get that reference, you're super cool. Um, But uh all that being said, I think, it, like I said, it is time to land the plane. So, Josh, mm-hmm. if they have any questions for us or they'd like to get a hold of us, how can they do that? Oh, yeah. There are tons of ways that you can, uh, you know, contact us here on the Internet. You can email us directly at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com um, on Twitter. Our handle is at BB Downcast on Instagram dot com slash the backlog breakdown uh, on Facebook. Like Nate had mentioned, we have our group, the backlog, the hashtag backlog book club and we also have a discord and a link for that is in the show notes as well if you want to get personal with night or i ask us individual questions i generally on the internet go by broccolope and nate goes by nate underscore mckeever so yeah. you know as we we are really wrapping and i think we might be a little out of order uh, but oh well we, you know it's been 2 weeks and we can't be perfect mm-hmm. and i've got <laughs> baby fog brain and, yeah. and just, we're doing what we can but any sort of like closing shout outs you'd like to to throw out me personally i'd actually like to shout out two guys uh uh logan from trg and i actually mm-hmm. on the aforementioned marvel snap we actually played a match um nice and it was like one of those things where i saw his name and he saw my name and we were sort of like you know and it it was a fun little exchange i'm very much looking forward to the patch update or the update that lets me just play friends um okay because yeah i mean i'll still do like the dumb but i'm just like i'd much rather just play against friends um Mm because i think it'll be more fun uh also eddie i'm i'm i don't know if he listens to this or not but he's uh Mm-hmm. He's in the the Dear Critics Fantasy League. Yeah. Um but I think he joined our our Discord server recently specifically to jump into the Marvel Snap thread that I dropped in there. <laughs> um and so nice. I really appreciated him just the 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 back and forth between uh, like I just wanted to shout out those guys uh 
and just shout out the Deer Critic League in general. Like that's that's a good time. Um, if you are aren't up on it, uh, TRG is actually going to be doing a, another league just for the Deer listeners. Uh, so if you're in the mm-hmm. Deer Critic League, you can't be in it. Um, but uh, I'm excited for for everybody who's going to get to be a part of that because it's been a that's been a ton of fun. So yeah, that's my shout out. How about you? You got one? Nice. Uh, the the only thing that came to mind for me was just people sharing their their Black Friday hauls. You know the games. Mm. And now that we've talked about you know uh, beating down our backlogs, here's some shout out to people who have been adding to their backlogs, um, but also keeping up with the beatdown as well. So I I know in my case this is probably one of the I I have purchased probably the least amount of games this Black Friday than I have uh, in quite a while. Um, one, because I already own a bunch of video games. Um, but two, because I'm, you know, considering what is it actually going to take and how much do I really want this game now, you know? And and I think that's due in large part to the beatdown and the meta that we run and being more mindful of the games that I already have. So, um, but it's fun to to kind of talk about the deals that are going on and, and yeah. what everyone has kind of jumped on, so. Oh, yeah, and it's like if there yeah. is something that you're sort of interested in and it pops up in that feed... It's like, well, maybe it's time to fo- to finally pull the trigger on that. Uh, I was okay. So we have two more little sort of things going, and then we'll we'll actually mm-hmm. close out, close out. But uh, yep. in, normally during our sort of it's been segment, we do sort of do a bit of a challenge recap. But I think mm-hmm. uh, we have both sort of maybe been on a bit of a struggle. Oh, I know that I have been on the struggle bus as far as like the the challenges, and it's just going to mm-hmm. be doubling down. It's like I need to watch my calories and I need to be making sure, yes, I walk like 13 miles a day. I also need to be like getting some strength exercise, strength Mm -hmm. training in. So lifting weights, doing kettlebell workouts, I need to be getting back into that a few times a week. So that's my like count my calories, try to get like a, a couple, like at least two or three strength training workouts in throughout the week. That's, that's my personal challenge. And, and if I remember, which is not guaranteed because right now mm-hmm. I'm barely remembering my own name. Um, but mm-hmm. if I remember in two weeks, I'll give a bit of an update on that. Um, how about you? Nice. Nice. So the last time we talked, um, I wanted to read before I go to bed and I have gotten a lot better about that. However, it's, it's mostly been manga. <laughs> it's mostly been Junji Ito and, and his oh. stuff. So, so it's, better it's getting there you know we went from pokemon adventures to junji ito um so a little bit more literary that's some interesting like dream fuel (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there's that too (laughs) um but it it definitely has yeah it it gives me lots of thoughts um but also you know i'd I'd like to continue that and um i'd like to double up on it when i first wake up and when I go to bed mm, at night, just read something, you know, yeah. five minutes, 10 minutes, it's okay. But at least to start that habit and then I can grow it from there. Cause I know that's, that's been the case with, um, with, you know, with health in general, or at least exercising mm-hmm. is like, at least that little base is there. And then from there it can grow. It doesn't that's have how, to be huge. That's how I read Anna Karenina. Uh, which is okay. a massive book. It was like, I yeah. read, and like oh most nights I'd read like 10 to 15 minutes before bed. Nice. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Sweet. So we've got our challenges set. 
We'll see how we how we're doing in two weeks. Lastly, we do every. I think I think what we're gonna do is like uh, once a month. We're gonna mm-hmm. sort of get into the like, and uh, that's once a month when we're recording, not when they these get released. But uh, we're gonna <laughs> we we you know one of the things we like to do is uh, you know sort of give people an opportunity to maybe save a couple of bucks. Um, and if mm-hmm. you're a listener, uh, consistent listener. Um, you can sort of send us questions to sort of do like a, a bit of a brief sort of recap or discussion at the end of every episode. And Josh, mm. what what is this segment entitled? What what is your question? Yeah. Uh, what is your question? What is your question? Um, what is your quest? Shun. Um, mm-hmm. Emphasis mm-hmm. on yeah. Yes. If you get that reference, then then you're cool and you're smart, and uh, you should feel good about yourself. But uh, <laughs> what is our question for tonight? Yes, Josh? yes. Well, our question for this month is it comes from Eric Bryant, the judge himself. He asks, "Why are gaming companies turning games into TV shows and movies? Sure, they aren't good, mostly, but why do them in the first place? Why not use these ideas for games?" or DLC. And you know, one of the first things that comes to mind in, in, when when I hear this question is, do you remember, Nate, a few years ago, they made an Assassin's Creed movie. Do you remember that? Oh, the one with Michael Fassbender. Like, that was yeah, I completely forgot about it. Yes, that's what I'd well, heard. I never watched it. I think humanity, humanity tried to collectively scrub that from our memory because it was yeah. apparently so yeah. terrible. See, the Doom movie was more memorable for me. You know, maybe it was just my, the age. You know, I saw it in theaters and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but also The Rock but is I, a good I, time I com- on screen, man. There you go. But I completely forgot about Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah, they made a movie was about Jake that. Was Jake Gyllenhaal so in that too? Uh, was he? I don't know. I don't know. I, I've <laughs> never really seen have- it. I have no intention yeah. of actually watching it. I um, just don't care. I haven't watched Uncharted either, but I've heard, I've heard different things about that. I, Anyways, the question is... Why, why are gaming companies doing this? Yeah. What, what are some things or what, do you, do you have any I have reasons a why? a couple of thoughts. One is yeah. that they don't understand that gaming is a bigger market than television and film and music. I, I think that they don't really sort of come to grips with that. I think the other, like they, they haven't that, that, that by and large, it's just a bigger, it makes more money. I think though that they are looking for ways to constantly grow that market. And so they're mm-hmm. tapping into the, mm-hmm. the sort of, they're trying to tap into the the more acceptable or traditional sort of lanes for entertainment and and, and media consumption. So I, I think that's like, you know, and, and there's been, you know, within the last couple of years, there's been some interesting success stories the witcher uh three got a lot of love uh Mm -hmm. because of the witcher netflix series right Um, yeah and then uh, similarly this from the same studio cd cd project red uh cyberpunk got a bit of a another bump and, and a reinvigoration even after it's completely botched launch um and and all the sort of troubles and was surrounding that with the the cyberpunk anime that i watched mm-hmm. and can a good conscience recommend for most consumers <laughs> not everybody uh should watch that 
Um, not, it's not terrible. It's actually really awesome, but some people should not watch that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, well, I, I think those successes have sort of mm-hmm. buoyed that. And I think too, like that's, you know, but then we've also seen like, and, and Castlevania on Netflix was a bit of a mm-hmm. critical darling. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, that's like, right. they see those successes and they're like, oh, there's more money to be had. Yeah, exactly. I, I do. I agree. I think, the, yes, video games is a bigger money maker than, than you know, it's a bigger industry, but I think it also, I don't know, by and large, it seems like it has a higher cost to it to, to develop, you know, a huge game. That's, that's the other part of that. I think the reason that you don't see a lot of stuff just becoming DLC is because that the, the initial investment sort of in film based media Mm -hmm. is probably less than it would take to actually develop those things. Right. Yes, exactly. And so it's, it's kind of a, I mean, it's still a risk, you know, movies are still expensive to make, but I agree. I it's, it's broadening. It's, it's attempting to broaden the audience. Like you said, um, movie go while the, yes, video games is a bigger medium, that monetarily, I think there are more moviegoers than there are like triple A yeah. video game connoisseurs, you know, yeah. or something that or does that even go together? Triple A and connoisseurs. I mean, but maybe, maybe someone who like actually watches all the releases for video games versus someone who knows kind of like the biggest uh, the movies that are coming out. Like you could do more with marketing. I, I would think movies than you can, or like you even mentioned, you know, with something like The Witcher, where it's a it's a Netflix series, but it got really popular. I've never watched it. Um, and for Sony's other reasons. also Sony's uh, recent success with the Uncharted movie, which from all okay. from all reports from from what I've heard, did really well. They were pretty pleased with its box office success and sort of like okay. I mean, I think. The, the sort of the, the transmedia sort of experience is, is their dream mm-hmm. at this point in time. Right. And, and I will say, uh, Eric, that, that it, I agree. They, these shows and these movies are not made to tell the stories. It's not, I do not think that they are attempting to, you know, actually a movie would be a better medium to tell this story than a video game. I don't think that at all. I don't think it's like the artist, you know, behind everything that is that it's truly like following the art to put it out as a as a TV show or a movie. No, I think I think it has to do with reaching a broader audience to rope them in to a franchise to to try and build a franchise. So I think it's you know maybe this is being old and cynical and jaded, but I I think it has much more to do with dollars and cents. And the possible kind of like blue ocean strategy than it does with actually being creative. Yeah. No. I. I. I mean, that's that's sort of I think like the 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 quickest possible answer. Like, there's probably all mm-hmm. sorts of rabbit trails we could go down, but no. Yeah. I think that's yeah. It's it, there. You know, the TLDR version. It's a little cheaper to make them, and there's probably maybe not as much money to be made but there's still a significant amount of money to be made with a little bit less of an an expenditure 
an investment. And it's almost like an upsell, right? It's to get them into the games also. You know, you like this thing? Well, then check out what we already have. If you you like the movie or if you like the games, hey, here's a movie that you can like a a popcorn experience you can take mom and dad to or get mom and dad to take you to depending on your age. Um, (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I think uh, now that we've gotten the the question out of the way, uh, there just Mm -hmm. is really, um, unless you have more to say, um, no, all the forms have been observed. All the forms have been observed. And I think just the, the, the only question that remains to be asked, Josh, is. Guys, keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. I like how you turn that into a question. Like, the, the, they talk pretty brain, brain goes poof. Good night. Nate talk pretty brain go boop. <laughs> I like that. We need to turn that into a haiku. Uh